This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wednesday Till I Die podcast. Something a little bit different for you today. Uh, For those that follow us on Twitter, uh, you'll have seen that a couple of weeks ago I was invited over to the PFA Virtu Fans Player of the Year Awards event over in Manchester. Uh, If you don't follow us, it's at WTID pod and there were representatives from the premier league championship leagues one and two as well as the the women's super league as well um of course barry bannon is one of the six players that have been nominated for the award and i was there to talk about the wee scottish man and what impact he's had on the club especially this season with his contributions and also if i felt that that we were lucky to have him as well you can vote for our Baz over on 90min.com and I'll leave a link in the description. Uh, on the table with me that day was Liam Kennedy from the MK1 podcast for uh, MK Dons, uh, Adam Pemblebury from the Progress with Unity, uh, a Wigan podcast, Martin Lambert for Talking Town and Ipswich, uh, Ollie Fell from Cheltenham and Gabe Sutton, uh, an expert about everything football league. So um, yeah, here's the recording from that today. Enjoy listening and get voting for Baz. Another good video, a top player and a legendary manager. It's time for the League One nominations for Fans Player of the Year. We've got Alfie May from Cheltenham Town, Wes Burns from Ipswich, Scott Twine, Barry Bannon, Ross Stewart and Will Keane. Now, it might be League One, but we've got a top-tier panel. I'm joined by James Mappin from Wednesday Till I Die. Say hello, James. Hello. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with hello, James, but that's good. <laughs> we've got Liam Connolly from MK1 Podcast. We've got Adam Pendlebunny from Wigan's Progress with Unity Podcast. Hello. We've got Martin Lambert from Talking Town. Hello. And we've got Gabrielle Sutton from the EFL Debate Show and Ollie Fell, Cheltenham Town fan. Everyone good? Now, you're late in the day, so I know the beers are there. Everyone ready to, to get stuck into a, a good league? We don't yeah. drink. Yeah. We're true professionals. We don't drink. Oh, this is like I Christmas think, dinner. I think he's been still table. been, uh, you know, celebrating for yeah, a couple yeah. of weeks. Yeah, very <laughs> smug before we've even started. Yeah. They've won the league, and they said, we'll, we'll let him off. Well, look, a good place to start. One of the standouts for the season, Will Keane. What a, what a season he's had. He's been excellent for Wigan, Wigan and probably found his best form. Yeah, he's been absolutely fantastic. I mean, he's he's really had a tough time. Uh, obviously, came through at Man United, so lots of expectations for his career. But he really struggled with injuries for the first five or six years of his career. He came in last season, uh, free transfer. We just needed to get bodies in the building because we were in administration. Scored eleven goals, which were very important to keep us in League One last season. 
And this season, to be fair to him, he did say at the start of the season that he wanted to top the goal scoring charts. Latics fans were not absolutely sure about that. But playing in a slightly deeper role, he scored 26 goals this season. He's also assisted seven. He's got the best uh, goals to minutes ratio in the league. Um, and if you do want to look about his all-round play, I ask anyone to check out his pass to Callum Lang in the Plymouth away, the last-minute winner. He's been superb all season. Um, he's not scored any spectacular goals, but he just knows exactly where to be. He always seems to be in the right place, right time. And, yeah, let's celebrate Will Keane. <laughs> Adam, give us the song. Will oh, Keane's on, on fire. <laughs> <laughs> but it's took a long time to, to move away from Will Griggs on fire, so that's a sign of itself. It's a, it's a big jump, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> Our whole word had to change. <laughs> Best dressed today, and he's given us a football chant already. Uh, Adam, let's talk about your manager, Liam Richardson. Liam with an E. As you said, he's been there since 2017, and some of the fans still don't know how to spell his first name. Um, I read this quote from him early this season. He said, we started with three players, no staff, no recruitment. Just how good a job has he done? Absolutely fantastic. He was the last person in the building last season, literally when we were in administration. He decided that he would give it a go. Um, amazingly kept us in the division last season. Um, and then we are pretty much starting from scratch under the new owners. Yes, we had a decent budget, but having three players at the start of the season, that is tough in terms of recruitment. Most Wigan fans would have been very happy with a mid-table finish. Uh, kind of tongue-in-cheek, or maybe after a few drinks at the start of the season, I said we'd win the league. Uh, <laughs> but genuinely, I genuinely would have been happy with a mid-table finish. But after about four or five games, I thought, oh, this team's knitting together really well. We've got a really good chance here. And he's just, he's just brilliant, the way he's so positive. Um, He's very humble. The first thing he said after winning the league was that uh, he was thinking about those that were made redundant in the administration. Then he mentioned the fans. And then only after that, he mentioned what an achievement it was to, to win the league with Wigan Athletic. Um, obviously, very early in his managerial career, but what a start he's made. It's a step up next season in the championship. But... He's had bigger challenges, I think, than this, really. Essentially, what he said to us at the start of the season, he said, will you have a headache this year with all these players coming in and, you know, lots of quality? He said, I'd rather have this. He said, last season, he goes, I'd be there at two o'clock on a Saturday. I didn't know he was turning up. So, <laughs> so, so essentially, um, he knows what it's like to be, like, right down at the bottom. He picked that team up. He galvanised them. And then this season, we've we've just kicked on. Apart from the first game of the season, we've not been outside the top six. Very consistent, very level-headed. And I think he thoroughly deserves the Manager of the Year award that he got. When you're building the statue, anyway. Absolutely. <laughs> He'll be there next to Dave Whelan. Although, if you recall, the administrator said there should have been a statue of them next to Dave Whelan as well. I think I'd rather have Liam Richardson there, to be honest. Guy, was that EFL expert? Um, Richardson said that, you know, the hard work starts now. 
we, we remember Wigan as a Premier League club. What, what do you think's next in the next couple of seasons for them? Well, I think it's, first of all, they're going to need a year to adjust to the championship. Uh, I think if they could finish mid-table in the championship next season, that would be another massive year of progression. But um, just to build on what um, what has been said already about Liam Richardson, is it's almost like in two seasons as being a number one manager, he's done two completely different jobs because the first one was really a firefighting mission because he had a skeleton staff hardly any players um, and it was very difficult circumstances and he managed to cultivate a kind of Dunkirk spirit to keep everyone together and then the next season he built a side that could win the title in one transfer window and he's kept getting the best out of players like Will Keane and Callum Lang who are already there from the year before so fantastic manager I think he can go a long way in the game and hopefully much of that will be with Wigan Athletic. And I've got to ask Liam how are you doing I know you'll be upset from from the end of the season but your boy, Scott Twine, he's made it onto the, the shortlist. Can you keep him? Can he stay a Don's player next season? I'd love to say we can. Um, I was saying to uh, the panel before we came on, and uh, even if he did get promoted this season, it would have been really difficult to keep him. Um, you know, the quality that you see from this season, 33 goal contributions from, I think it's 46, 47 games. Uh, absolutely incredible. Um, the fact we even got him in the first place, I know there was a lot of uh, championship interest from him before he even joined Milton Keynes. And it was the first time that Liam Sweeten made in the summer. Um, and yeah, I mean, what one what, what impact he's had. And I feel he's fully deserved the championship and Premier League interest he's getting. I feel that, you know, I do feel we'll go to a Premier League side this summer. Um, and it's a shame because, you know, when you speak to his family, you speak to Scott, he's a really, really humble bloke and he puts a lot of work into his craft and you can see why he does so well. But, you know, he's, he deserves to go to the top of the game and I think that's where he'll go. And when you look at those goals and assists where he chips in across the season, the numbers are deserve the move and deserve the recognition. What elements of his game do you think will be transferable into the Premier League or the Championship? It's a very cliche answer, but it's hard work. Um, I don't... There's a lot of a lot of players say that they do hard work, but a lot of the coaches and a lot of the staff sort of highlight that no matter what, what club he's been at, whether it's Newport, Swindon, MK Dons, it's the hard work of Scott really shines through and you can see that it's, whenever he goes after a game, he's, him, and the, him and the coach Manning are always on the coach looking at his free kicks, looking at what he's done at the game. And it translates into his performance. And I feel, you know, that that and having also the freedom on the pitch to do what he likes and having that free run role where he's not really playing a position, he's kind of roaming around the sort of 10 slash striker role and the scoring goals and getting assists. So clearly that's what's worked with him and why he's done so well this year. So you're going to hold out buying the Twine shirt for next season. You have to, you're not <laughs> sure if he's still going to be there. He's peeling the name off now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think, I think unfortunately, yeah, I might have to hold off on that one. James, can I ask you about Ross Stewart? I know it's still raw. Um, I'd rather not, if I'm being perfectly honest. He's he scored four goals against us this season, so yeah, it's, uh, it is a bit raw. He's had 12 Man of the Match awards this season, more than any player in the league. Do you, were you surprised at the, the value of every goal he scored, particularly the first leg, obviously? Yeah, I mean, you know, he's, uh, when you look at the amount of goals that he has scored, he's got what, 24 goals this season, so... I think that equates like nearly one in three of Sunderland's goals this season. So that's, you know, he's a, he's a fantastic player. I think he probably had a, a tail of two halves. I think he had a better first half of the season than he did the second. But, you know, he still managed to score against us and ultimately, like, you know, keep us out of the playoffs. So, uh, so yeah, he's, would I have him at Hillsborough as, you know, as a Sheffield Wednesday player? Absolutely, yeah. He's, you know, we, we've not had a 20-goal-a-season striker since... Um, since Neil Meller back in 2011. So, uh, yeah, we'd, we'd love to have uh, him at our place. Quickly, Gab, what, what do you put his consistency down to? 
Um, I think the work rate, certainly. He's um, he's a very tall striker, but he's also very mobile. And I think that would help him in terms of stepping up to championship level because you can be very good in the air, which Ross Stewart is. I saw him play against Crewe and absolutely dominate their um, their defenders in, in the air from crosses into the box. And I think that shows the threat that he's got from those situations. But also, if, um, if you're going up into the championship, you might not necessarily have all the games on your terms. And sometimes you might have to run the channels a bit. I I think he's got that in his locker as well. Um, so I think his all-round game is very strong and a striker I rate really highly. No, I know it ended in disappointment for, for Sheffield Wednesday and this group, this list, the success of them means there is interest all over the division for, for several of, of your players. Barry Bannon's numbers this season, talk to me because they're unbelievable. Yeah, it's been incredible. You know, nine goals and 12 assists this season, which... That's something that he's added to his game. You know, we, we know the talent of Barry Bannon. You know, I think we probably take him for granted, if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, you know, the the vision that he's got, he can he can pick a pass out. I mean, those that watched on on Monday for for our goal, you know, the, the pass that split the defence, um, he's got that in his locker. He's probably, you know, if you're speaking to me, you know, he's he's the best player in in League One by far. Um, and we are. There's all, a few shaky heads over there. I know there is, but you know, he's maybe it's a bit biased, but yeah, he's. It's a credit to have Barry Bannon, you know, for him to to stay at Sheffield Wednesday. He keeps saying he's got unfinished business, you know, uh, he's a captain. You know, some of the passes that he makes. I mean, he's got goal of the year as well. The goal against against MK Dons. So uh, sorry about that. <laughs> but yeah, what a goal that were. And it, it, I think most of his goals have come from outside the box this season, and that's something that he didn't have, um, you know, in previous years. And you know, he's got a lot lot more forward this this season. But the numbers could be even better as well, you know. Um, Obviously, the, the goal against Sunderland, you don't get anything, don't get don't get an assist because it was the, the assist of the assist, if that makes sense. So, but that's what he's got. He can he can do that. It's probably it's, he sees passes that some of the players in in uh, at Sheffield Wednesday perhaps don't see as well. So, um, but yeah, he's a, he's an absolute credit. And yeah, there's a lot of talk of him going elsewhere, but I think we I think we can keep him. I think um, you know he's he's like he says he's got unfinished business. And I'm, I'm sure that he'll, you know, he's, he looks like he's happy at, happy at Wednesday. We're all singing his name, you know, the, the Scottish Zidane. So. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. Helps, yeah. Yeah, of course it does, yeah. And for, for clubs at the, the top of the division, or as EFL fans, we're used to the higher turnover with, with players. Is it a case of Sheffield Wednesday 
putting the money where the mouth is and keeping this bunch of players to go and do another promotion push? Yeah, I mean, we signed, what, 16, 17 players uh, last season. Obviously, after we got relegated, we had a lot of players on big, big wages that, you know, that we just couldn't afford. Um, so we've got rid of those. We've got players in now. And I think, you know, I, I don't want another rebuild season. I think I want to, you know, want to bring players in to just enhance what we've got now. You know, we finished fourth, five points off of off our automatic. You know, there's still some fans that, that said that it's been a disappointing season because obviously we all expected, or let's say expect that we wanted to to go up. Um, I was a bit more level-headed. I thought that, you know, to get into the playoffs would be a, a good achievement. And obviously that's what we did. But, you know, I just want to hope that we can add a few tweaks here and there. Hopefully, like you said, keep a hold of the, the vast majority of the players that we've got and, uh, and hopefully push to... You know, to do what Wigan's done this season and, uh, and go up as champions. And Martin, Ollie, you've waited patiently. Just on the the fact that Sheffield Wednesday are staying in the league, you've got we're not even going to mention the likes of Portsmouth, Bolton, Charlton. There are some huge clubs in League One. Is there more pressure? Do you think on them to get promoted? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're one of them. Obviously, being Ipswich Town, we're equally as as big as a football club as probably anybody in League One, and we know the pressure. We've we've not been in the playoffs once since since being relegated. So the pressure can get you. It can undermine a season. But yeah, I mean, you've got to keep that squad together, I think, and build on the foundation of a good year. We brought 19 new signings in and never saw the playoffs once. So, Do you notice that difference with Cheltenham? Oh, massively, yeah. I mean, the league is sort of split into two, really. There's 12 teams at the top and the top half of the table who wouldn't have cut a place in the Championship. Then there's the bottom 12 who wouldn't have cut a place in League Two. So, you know, obviously there's... The league has been unbelievably competitive this year. I mean, some of the names in this league, sort of Cheltenham coming in here with the likes of, you know, Bolton, you know, Portsmouth, Charlton, Sheffield Wednesday. The list goes on, really. Like, it's it, it's silly. You know, we're, we're used to the the small grounds, the small sort of attendances, you know, fighting above. And then you come to Hillsborough or Stadium of Light and 30,000 fans, you're thinking, what on earth is going on? Why is Cheltenham here? But no, I mean, you know, Cheltenham have kept their distance from the top half of the table somewhat, um, but uh, no, it, it, it's actually been riveting to follow the uh, the fight at the top because to see all those big teams going sort of head to head. I mean, Plymouth finishing on eighty points in seventh is completely unheard of. I mean, that's it shows the level of, of quality in this division. And Alfie May has been the, the standout man, another non-league success story with a goal in in every other game, which is a great record for a forward player. Would you say that him, Stuart, and Keane they're a class above the rest? God, uh, potentially, you know, they're, they're definitely up there, but there, there are a lot of deep, very good strikers in this division. I mean, Cole Stockton of, of Morecambe also had a, a terrific campaign. I think he scored, you know, the same amount as uh, Alfie has. And then obviously there's Michael Smith at Rotherham, who, uh, you know, his, his goals were obviously massively important. But I mean, to hear Alf, Alfie May's name in, involved with those you know, players from those teams is just still very surreal to me. I'm, I'm probably about as surprised as anyone else is that I'm up here talking about a Cheltenham Town player. And, you know, we've got Sunderland, Sheffield Wednesday fans. And it's it's still very, very surreal for Cheltenham to be in this situation. Um, I mean, Alf has been absolutely ridiculous this season. He's, he's not single-handedly carried Cheltenham to, to where they are. But, I mean, without his goals, it would be a, a very scary predicament for Cheltenham, I think. Um, you know, he's he, he's done it all as well. He's been on corners, on free kicks. It's it's been a one man band at times, to be honest. Um, he's just he's he's been Mister Do It All, and you know we lost our captain in pre season for two hundred grand to uh, a non league team. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't mention names. I'm, uh, well, let's just say we uh, we'll be supporting some other national league teams in the playoffs. But um, <laughs> no, look, like 
you know, coming into the season, Alf was never that 20 goal a season striker. He was always, you know, the, the sort of bit part, bit part, sorry, um, player who come in, you know, a few sub appearances here and there. He, he, he wasn't even a constant in the team at the start of the season. He was only coming on off the bench occasionally. And uh, after Christmas, there was interest from America. You know, he, he even admitted to having his head turned by San Diego. Um, we all thought he was gone. He stayed, he signed a new contract, banged in about 15 goals in the second half of the season. So, to see what he's done, it has been incredible, really. And uh, a few of the gents on this panel have already expressed interest, and their teams might be able to sign him. But uh, they'll have to stump up a, a pretty penny if they want him, I reckon. You say it's unbelievable for you. He scored two against me when he was playing for Hyde Town in oh, yeah. maybe step four or five. So yeah. to see him in this list is incredible. And even then, everyone just commented on his work rate, his yeah. work rate, and being in and out of a team and then getting into a team. How do you think he's developed this year under Cheltenham? Uh, I think he's matured a lot, to be honest. I think that's a, a lot of credit has to go to Michael Duff, um, who is one of the outstanding managers in the division, if you'd ask me. I think what he's done with Cheltenham is nothing short of miraculous, to be honest, on a shoestring budget, the second smallest in the league behind Crewe. To not even have touched the bottom four all season is nothing short of you know stupendous from from Duff. I mean, the, the way he's brought the best out in Alf as well, Alfie May, you know, it's been it's been amazing to see. Um, you know, Alf's Last season, he, he was good, but he was missing quite a lot of high-quality chances. I mean, he, he scored nine last season. And if you'd asked me which player would I have been up here talking about last year, I wouldn't have said Alf, who scored 23 goals and, and got four assists. So, you know, credit to Alf. He, he's been really, really superb, to be honest. And um, he's deserving all the plaudits coming his way. So, Martin, pre-season favourites. Finished 11. <laughs> Cheers for that reminder. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next year. Uh, let's talk about Wes Burns. Is it a good thing that your wing-back led the team in scoring and, and how impressive is that at 13? Incredibly impressive. You know, in all due respect to the, the names mentioned here, that's a, that's a right wing-back and he's scored 13 goals. He had no right scoring 13 goals from right wing-back, you could argue, but he has and they're not penalties, they're not free kicks, they're all from open play and he's an incredible finisher in front of goal for, for a wing-back. But it, it, it isn't ideal that, you know, the only person other than Macaulay Bond, who is a lone player, was Wesley Burns scoring. So, yeah, no, not ideal. We could do with an Alfie May or, or, or another striker or you can find the net. But, yeah, pre-season favourites, finishing 11th. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what can you say about that? I mean, it's just atrocious. Where do you find the consistency next year? That's a good question. Uh, well, we brought 19 new players in. So a, a lot of town fans um, are clinging to the hope that you know, it was just the, the transition from, from the previous regime to the new regime under new ownership, 19 new players. But then hearing other fans say we brought 18 and we brought 17 and you suddenly start to lose the footing of that excuse. So um, I'm not quite sure. I mean, that's the question that McKenna will be trying to find this summer. But had he come in earlier, we very well, you know, according to form, would have been a playoff side. So we didn't start well and, and, the, and the start really hindered us. What's your argument for Wes to win the award? He's a right wing back. Uh, who hasn't scored a free kick, hasn't scored a penalty, <laughs> all from open play. He is our best player. The games we've lost are the games where either he's been injured or the team have managed to stop him. Literally, he was being double, triple marked often and there was nobody else stepping up. He is by far Ipswich Town, certainly of last year. Now, I know Ipswich Town could only dream of seeing 83 points this year, but it's Absolutely a figure <laughs> that finished sixth. The league's so competitive. It's a number that would have finished third in every other division. Gabby, if you could, why do you think this season has, has been so competitive compared to, to previous seasons? What a really good question. I think there's um, there's lots of big clubs in League One, I think is the obvious point. But I also think a lot of the big clubs have got their act together. So 
Uh, Martin's just been talking about Ipswich Town. They've got Brett Johnson, a lot of new investment coming in there um, after the previous regime, which was much needed. Sunderland, you could argue, have made a few improvements off the field. So I think there's a little bit of that. And I'm really excited throwing it forward a little bit to next season because I think there's going to be 10, 12 teams in the division next season that would see finishing outside the top six as, as a failure. So it's going to be incredibly competitive. And I actually think it's going to be quite hard for an underdog. We saw uh, Shrewsbury um, under Paul a few seasons ago in 17-18 sort of defy the odds to get to the playoff final. I'm not sure in the current climate of League One there's necessarily going to be much scope for that because the big clubs seem to have got their act together. Yeah, Adam, you're off, aren't you? You're off. You're in championship now. Yeah, I just wanted to say that albeit at the top it was very difficult to get in the playoffs and you needed high numbers. If you think about the bottom of the league, you needed low numbers to stay up. I think Fleetwood stayed up on a, a record forty record, record low this season, so I think maybe that the fact that very few of the, uh, the the sides who were hovering around the relegation zone were taking points off the off the bigger sides really, I think had a, a, an impact. Apart uh, from Doncaster beating MK Dons twice, yeah, but, that was great. That yeah, was, uh, <laughs> just had to throw that one in. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. think you wanted to hear that then. Well, did you? Yeah. And, uh, do <laughs> I was at Yeovil many years ago when they were in League One and you look at the funds that football clubs have got now almost all the way down to the National League. Does that worry you at all that you are seeing players go for 200 grand to the National League and you're seeing big wages being paid divisions below or do you think that just strengthens the Football League? Yeah, I think it's just I think it's good for the for the game that, that money's being spent in it. All right, it needs to be spent in the right way, of course, like for sustainability and things like that. But, you know, you, you want to see good players in all in all the leagues, whether that's the National League, League One, League Two, Championship, wherever that is, you know, right up to the Premier League, you want you want the best players in in those leagues. And if you know it's all right saying that, you know, being bitter as a Cheltenham fan, but as a as a Wrexham fan, you'd be you'd have been loving it that you're signing those players. So, you know, if if you know if if Chancier wants to throw his money around again, then feel free. Just don't do it like he did to get us in this mess that we're in right now. But but yeah, it's I, I think it's for me, yeah, I think it's I think it's good as long as it's spent in the right and, way, of course. And do you think the EFL still has the same attraction as it did when the gap between the National League was perhaps bigger? The gap between the League Two and the National League. Um, I think there's lots of teams in the National League that um, could uh, that can afford big wages, and I think that's certainly affecting uh, the financial landscape. But I also think that clubs have got to start investing in the decision-making process. I think that's the secret to success in the EFL. Don't just invest in the decisions you're making, invest in the decision-making process. And I don't think enough clubs do that. I think drill down on your recruitment and making sure that you bring in the right players that suit the system that you're building towards. I think that's the secret to it, I really do. And Derby, Peterborough, Barnsley next year. Um, Liam, I'll come to you on that one. Like, how competitive is this league going to be next year? Very competitive. Um, I'm actually very excited. I think this this league one season we're all been a part of has been one of the best ever. And I feel next season with those size of clubs coming down, especially Derby and um, even Peterborough for us, quite a local game for us, absolutely massive. And I feel the majority of the teams here will be. We're going to course in the championship. Um, will be you know right up there fighting against them and. Some of them are a bit more, bit more weaker than maybe they expect to be. And I feel some of us, us teams, especially Ipswich, I think Ipswich's season this year replicates our one from the season previous. Playoff form didn't get there. Next season, we'll be looking to get into the playoffs. I think they will, personally. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a dogfight. And we're going to see who comes out on top. 
It's exciting as well, isn't it? The, the couple of the sides coming up. Obviously, yeah. Forest Green will be new to the league and Exeter haven't played at this level for a, for a long time. So I think that gives an extra, brings something else to the league as well. So, albeit, I'm happy to be in the championship. I will miss. I do like League One because generally, because you're, you're, not miss, it. you're not miss good at accurate well, we, 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 on that terrace. We, you ain't going to miss nothing about League One. Yeah, but four of the four of the last five times we've been in it, we've actually we've won the league. And the, the season we didn't win it, we we're in administration. So I do really like League One. So that was fun. Maybe I'll see you again in a couple of years. <laughs> as many panelists as nominees, guys. Thank you so much for your thank contributions. You. It's been fun. No problem. Thank no you. And remember, you can vote for your PFA Virtu Motors Fans Player of the Year right now on 90min.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.